This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app at Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. It's the 2 o'clock hour of a love Friday. I'm sitting in Fenway Park. Harry's down in Atlanta. Things are about to get weird. That's just what's going to happen for the next hour. Marty Smith, by the way, going to join us in a little bit too, which means we got a Marty party in the 2 o'clock hour. Like, I don't know what's happening. I'll tell you this, Harry. I know we, we're going to get to our guest in a second, but I'll tell you, like, I had to go tinkle. Right? I'm at Fenway. I'm in the press box. I had to go over to tinkle, right? So I walk into the bathroom. I don't know if your high school years were the same as mine, but uh, there was a lot of peach schnapps when you first were introduced to alcohol at that time in life. And the, I walked into the bathroom up here. I don't know why it smells like peach schnapps, but it smells like somebody just, like, poured out a bottle of peach schnapps and laid all over the ground in it, and I wasn't even mad about it. It brought me back to my <laughs> high school years. So, Well, uh, well this is the 2 o'clock hour. And, and, you know, things get off the rails a little bit during this hour, especially on a Friday. Um, I just went and took me a shot, man. I took me a shot. A ginger what? shot, that is. A ginger, a ginger shot. shot. Yeah. He's healthy. He's healthy right now. This is this is what's happening. His tummy's going to be rumbling in a minute. Uh, Bill Barnwell, ESPN senior NFL writer, uh, joining us now on the show. Bill, always appreciate your time, especially on Fridays where you know things get weird. Uh, so let's just uh, let's start with the big news we were talking about just a moment ago, trying to figure out where Dalvin Cook is going to go. Have you looked around the landscape and figured out the perfect spot? If so, where is it? I like the idea of him going to Miami. And I know it's like kind of like the, the favorite. It, it just it adds up. Like he's from Miami. Uh, the Dolphins, they need that kind of counterpunch. I talked about that this offseason with the Bills. Like the Bills added Damian Harris this offseason. So when teams go out and they play light boxes and drop a lot of guys in the coverage and sort of dare the Bills to run the football, they have Damian Harris to kind of take advantage of that. The Chiefs have that with Isaiah Pacheco. The Dolphins have some home run hitters, Raheem Mostert. They have an eight chain looks like he's going to be an exciting prospect. But that guy is going to move the chains, keep you on schedule, guy who can run powerfully between the tackles, great vision. Um, I think Dalvin Cook can be that guy for Miami. I think that's the one thing they're lacking right now as we head into 2023. I think it also would force head coach, who is also their play caller, Mike McDaniel, to be consistent in calling the run, Bill. But Lewis Riddick suggested mm-hmm. that the Cowboys should make a run for Dalvin Cook. How do you see him fitting in with in – with, uh, and what the Cowboys want to do offensively. No question. I think that's a great call by Lewis. Uh, you know, I think Zeke is also going to be in the running there in Dallas. Um, but they need a second back. And they've come out and they've said Tony Pollard is a guy we love, but we love him for 30 snaps a game. We don't want him being extended to 40, 50 snaps per game. They've done it in the past when they've had to. But I think they want to add somebody who's maybe better than Deuce Vaughn, better than Ronald Jones. And they're taking their time. But I think, again, that, that running between the tackles. Tony Pollard, so great, breaking big plays, so great as a pass catcher, so great outside the tackles. But Zeke was still their primary back in short yardage between the tackles a year ago. I think Dalvin can be that guy for the Cowboys if the price is right. We're talking to Bill Barnwell, ESPN senior NFL writer. So as you get ready for this season, you're just sort of going through the, the book and figuring out who you love. Uh, what player is out there that you think is set to take a massive leap this season? Ooh, Okay. I'm going to give you a wide receiver in honor of Harry. I'm going to give you a man by the name of George Pickens. Of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was going through the numbers 
for the receivers last year. George Pickens, by the next-gen stats, had this crazy season. So everyone else in the NFL, there's a stat called expected catch rate. So it's basically where you are, where the coverage is, where the ball's coming out. Uh, you know, what are the chances of you catching this football based on all the evidence this model has? Everyone else was within 55% to 65%, all the guys who got 500 routes or more. George Pickens is at 51%. Nobody had it harder than George Pickens when it came to catching passes last year by a significant margin, and he caught 61% of the passes thrown to him. Nobody caught a higher percentage of the passes versus what they were expected to catch than George Pickens. So if the catches get a little easier this year, integrate him more into the offense. He's not just your you know, contested catch on the sideline guy. I think there's significant upside to be a top 10 receiver in year two in the NFL for you know, one of the most exciting players in football already. I love George Pickens. Um, I talk to his receiver coach all the time, Frisman Jackson. He coached me um, mm-hmm. when I was in Tennessee, and he is high on George mm-hmm. Pickens. He's a guy that I was actually high on and thought the Pittsburgh Steelers got uh, as a steal in the draft. He's a guy who had first-round mm-hmm. potential, but a, a, a little things here and there forced him to go in the second mm-hmm. round. But Pittsburgh just finds a way to find receivers year in and year out. And if you don't fit their mold, they'll ship you out of there. Now, Bill, one team that's being overhyped in the National Football League, and give us one team that's being underhyped this offseason. I feel like every time I come on, we we pick on the Jets. I'm going to go somewhere else today. I'm going to go very far away from the New York Jets. I'm going to go to the New York Giants. I'm going to not make any friends in New York this offseason. I just don't love what I'm seeing from the Giants. I don't think they added enough at receiver. For Daniel Jones, a guy who's not making $42 million a year, I felt like they needed to go out and get more help at wide receiver. They bring in Darren Waller, who was a very good player a couple of years ago, but he's missed huge chunks of the last two seasons of injuries, under 400 yards last year, and a tight end of 31. That's just not a great track record to be your number one guy. Lots of number twos, number threes in that group, but, man, if they went out and they got DeAndre Hopkins, I would feel so much better about that offense and where it's going to go in 2023, and they still haven't signed Saquon. So we don't even know if Saquon's going to be there for that offense week one, and they need Saquon, given how little they have at wide receiver. A team that is underrated, Heading into the season, not getting hype. A team that got a lot of hype last offseason, and it did not go well. That's the Denver Broncos. And I think this is about coaching, right? This is you, you, the, the players are there. I think we, we are expecting hopefully more from Russell Wilson in year two. But I think Sean Payton is just this guy who he locks you in, right? Like, like you're locked into 7-8 wins with Sean Payton as your head coach. We've seen him win games with Teddy Bridgewater a couple of years ago. We saw him win games. Um, you know, a couple years ago when they didn't have Drew Brees, they almost made it to the postseason. They had to go to their third and fourth string quarterback. That's why they missed out. They were winning games with Jameis Winston as their starting quarterback. So the defense is very good. They lost Ishiro Everell. They're a very good defensive coordinator. That's going to hurt them a little bit. But I think the coaching is going to be so much better, and the pieces are there for them to be a healthier team in 2023. Just think the Broncos, kind of like a post-hype sleeper, not getting enough love in the AFC West. We're talking to the great Bill Barnwell on Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. And, Bill, you didn't know this. You know, obviously, Evan, our producer, is a massive Giants fan. But Devin, our other producer, is a massive – or sorry, Evan's a massive Jets fan. Devin is a massive Giants fan. So, you know, we – You we, made Harry, our day, Bill. I'm hurt. Harry and, I, Harry and I appreciate the fact that you, you kept the shade coming for the guys behind the glass today. That is a it, – it's well done by you, Bill. It's I, I just want to remind everybody, Bill and the entire show staff, that there's one thing we can be – certain of this year 
the Lombardi Trophy will be in Las Vegas. Like, we all know the Lombardi Trophy will be in Las Vegas. Look, Vegas is hosting the Super Bowl. Like well, we're working Vegas on is, doing Fitz and Harry from Las Vegas. Wait, wait, I'm just saying Vegas is the host of the Super Bowl, so I can guarantee you that the Lombardi Trophy will be in Las Vegas. Okay, so Bill, settle a bet for us. We have a wager in this show. You know that Harry is going to go Falcons. Okay. I'm going to go Raiders. Evan and Devin go Jets and Giants. Of those four teams, Jets, Giants, Raiders, Falcons, which one's the worst? Which one's the best at the end of this season by record? Oh, jeez, this is a messy question. I don't even know who's going to play quarterback for the Raiders this season. So <laughs> it's going to be Jimmy go G, and he's going to go 17 games. You let him fit. You leave Bill alone. You Bill, go ahead. Go ahead, Bill. Thank you. Thank you, Harry. No Locking problem. Locking for me. Appreciate that. Raiders last, because we don't know who's going to play quarterback. I don't trust their head coach. I think they are you know weren't maybe as bad as they were a year ago, but I just don't trust that defense. You know I was down in them last year, Fitz. You know how that worked out in the long run. I don't. I did not regret it being down on the Raiders. Best, tough question. Still think, much as I'm down on the Jets, I have to go with the Jets. Defense is really good. The offense going to be a work in progress. I don't think they're going to be a great team, but I think they're going to be a nine-win team. And I think nine wins might be the most from that group in 2023. Okay, Ooh. let me ask you this. Oh, okay. Who will have more wins at Allegiant Stadium this season? The Chiefs or the Raiders? Oh, come on! <laughs> Are we counting the Are Super Bowl in the that? Chiefs winning the Super Bowl that's, in that's the too? Yep. Yeah. We might, we might, might, be, <laughs> might be pretty close. I don't, I don't know what the line's going to be, but I'd probably go Raiders minus a half with some juice on the uh, on the Chiefs side of things. I love it. You know, I what, love Bill? it. Bill, I love you, buddy. You're you're the best, and. <laughs> We genuinely appreciate your expertise, even when you're wildly wrong, because the Raiders are going to win 13 games to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, Bill, always appreciate your time, brother. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Have a good Friday. He's the great Bill Barnwell. Uh, Look, all I know is that Jimmy G is going to have the best year of his career, start all 17 games, and uh, things are going to be just fine. Fitz, did you hear what he said? He said they're going to finish last of, of the four teams. Yeah, my he also said your right team's right the most overhyped in the entire NFL with the Giants. Hey, at, least so. at least there's a little bit of hype somewhere. I and can't he say the, only t- the only team he didn't say anything negative about this time around was my Falcons. Yeah, but of the, four the teams, Falcons, of the four teams, I asked him which would be best. He said the Jets at nine wins. He said nine wins would be the best. That means the only team he thinks out of all of ours that will even have a winning record this year is the Jets. There's a, just a lot of... Just I beg a, to differ. An entire whole barrel full of suck on this show for when it comes to our favorite teams. That's what Bill Barnwell just said. A championship team is about a player being a perfect fit. Same with their vehicle. So, for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the great game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. One NBA team going with the addition by subtraction route this offseason. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Hey, Devin, can you play the sexy voice again? This is Fitz and Harry's Love Friday. Hey, Evan. 
Do you think you could try and do your best sexy voice for us? I just want to see what, like, again, Devin, like, have Devin play it first and then have Evan go after it. Let's see what it feels like. Devin, what do we got? This is Fitz and Harry's Love Friday. Evan? This is Fitz and Harry's Love Friday. No, 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 do for real, do for real. Try for real, try for real. Let's try it again. Hold on. Evan, you got to try for real. One sec. This is Fitz and Harry's Love Friday. Go, Evan. This is Fitz and Harry's Love Friday. <laughs> okay, okay. I see you, Easy E. I hear you over there, Easy E. Got right up on it. I got it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody can. We really need to get him just to record random phrases for us, so that we can just play them throughout the show. Because whatever he says sounds sexy. Like he could. He could literally say, "Take the trash out," well, and I'd be you. like, "Hmm." Tell me again, that's voice it. of God. I'll take the trash out oh, for you. Oh, you're like, talking about that guy. So. That's, what no, I told, you, that's what I just told my nephew. I said, man, as soon as you wake up, you come upstairs now. I shouldn't be telling you to take trash out. As soon as you walk past that trash, it should be taken out. Look at that. Always teaching lessons. I, uh, here's a valuable life lesson, by the way, speaking of the voice of God on Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. I always tell people, like, whatever you say that's normal gets creepy when you whisper it. That's just a number one rule. Like, if I look at Harry and I'm like, man, I like your shirt today. It's fine. If I walk up to Harry and I say, I like your shirt today. All of a sudden. I'm like, bro, are you okay? What's wrong with you? (laughs) You know, I I walk up. I'm like, Evan, your haircut's shorter. I like it. It's fine. If I walk up and I say, Evan, your haircut's shorter. I like it. Suddenly, it's weird. That literally sounds like you want to murder me. (laughs) That whisper sounds like. Most definitely serial killer. Yeah. (laughs) Spot the lie. That's see okay so now that's what we've learned like now we've learned that uh, essentially white people can't whisper things and we can't drive in white vans like that's what we know we oh, figured all definitely. of this out like that that's just most definitely no. you can't drive in white vans like <laughs> that's a I red fl- on, flag immediately <laughs> if, if, if I if I'm if I fly down to Atlanta and I drive into Harry's neighborhood and I drive a white van as I'm doing it he's calling the cops he, he even knows I'm coming and he's still calling the cops it's yeah. just a hundred percent what's happening uh, Evan has never looked more uncomfortable than now which is. Uh, kind of making my Friday even that much better. Evan's like, dang. I mean, I, I, th- I, th- I thought about getting a white van, but not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Evan's like, take the van back, honey. Casey, take the van back. That's a, like, it's okay, Evan. If, if, do you have a white van, Evan? I, mean, I do drive a white SUV. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, SUV's fine. We'll give you the Uh-oh. SUV. It's, You're towing it's, the line. It's the van that gets, uh, that gets uh, right on the line. Uh, no line here on the Warriors other than a line of positivity. Uh, as the Warriors pull off a trade for Kendrick Perkins, and uh, for he is Kendrick Perkins, good Lord. They pull off a trade for Chris Paul, and in the process, they trade away Jordan Poole. But Harry, I think Kendrick Perkins said something really important about this, and it speaks to Jordan Poole, not the player, but Jordan Poole, the locker room presence. Check out what he said on NBA Today. We saw the writing on the wall. We saw at times when Steph Curry was frustrated with him when he was taking shots that the Golden State Warriors felt like should have been in Steph's hands. We seen and we heard Draymond Green talk about how that incident basically broke up their locker room and they weren't going to win the championship. We saw the drop-off. And the great Kevin Garnett used to always say, watch the young players after they get their money, and that's how you can see the real them. Since Jordan Poole got the bag, he's been a completely different player. I think this is a right move for the Warriors, and I would love to see Chris Paul alongside Steph Curry. Yeah, his attitude was definitely different. We've seen it in the playoffs. 
Uh, he was upset about the minutes that he was getting, but what he didn't understand is that he wasn't producing on the basketball court, especially to the amount that the Golden State Warriors had hoped for, giving him that massive contract that they gave him. If you're not producing and then all you bring to the game is scoring and shooting threes and you don't play defense, you're not diving on the floor for loose balls, I'm not going to have you out there uh, also. Let me tell you what else it does, though. Them getting Jordan Poole and trading him I think personally is another message to a guy named Jonathan Kaminga. Get your stuff together or we're going to ship your ass right out of here as well. Uh, you're a thousand percent right. And I keep thinking about your locker room experience and, and maybe because I'm sitting at Fenway uh, getting ready for Kane Brown and Darius Rucker tonight, even thinking about some of the tour buses I've lived on. Sometimes there's a good person, like there's a, a, there's a talented person that lives up with you on a bus and they're just, they're, they're toxic. They don't even know or mean to be toxic, but the way they go about their business is toxic. And in Should that I process, give you a story. I no, please, give you a story. please do. Yeah, I gotta give you a story, man. I'm gonna use a name because this is how bad it was. I remember we had a, a free agent wide receiver come in named Dickie Lyons, a receiver out of Kentucky, right? And this how you know Dickie Lyons had to be something difficult to deal with. Every single person in our wide receiver room hated Dickie Lyons. It got so bad that our receiver coach had to go up after a meeting, and Dickie Lyons wasn't even there 24 hours, Fitz. That's how you know how bad it was. He went up to the meeting with our general manager and our owner and told them, you got to get him out of our room. You got, I can't do it. That's how bad he was, and Dickie Lyons was gone the next day. I, I toured with somebody. I won't say his name in case he's listening, but I toured yeah, with somebody I don't give a damn about Dickie for, Lyons. That's for I months. I mean months, and it was – he was awful. Like, he was just a, a toxic person. Everything was a problem, and everything was dramatic, and everything was a big deal, and he was a yeller and a thrower, and all the things like you got 12 people living on a bus, and that, that behavior just becomes toxic. And when he was finally let go, the, the thing that I remember about that is like three days later, we all show back up for bus call. Like, you show up, you get on the bus. We were all sitting in the front of the bus, and it was amazing the palpable difference. Like, you could feel a different vibe in the room. You could feel a different energy in the shows. Like, even though this person had nothing to do with being on stage, our shows were better because they weren't part of the show staff anymore. Think about that. Like, and so I just th keep thinking about the toxicity that existed between Jordan Poole and the rest of, you know, Draymond that carried over into this team in somehow, some way. Uh, the Warriors just told you. They realize you can't run it back. Sometimes things are so broken that you just have to let a person go somewhere else. They got out of the salary. They get out of the drama. They get out of the circus, and they can reset, Harry. And I will say this, though, for Jordan Poole, is he going to go to Washington and probably be the focal point? Yes. But if I'm Jordan Poole and I got the money that I got and I could have still been in Golden State and win and get the acknowledgement, no one – the Washington Wizards not going to be on national TV. No person in their right mind going to put the Washington Wizards on national TV. So now you're just playing a game of basketball for the love of it. And, yeah, you got your money, but it's not like you're going to have team success unless they have a 360 turnaround within the next three or four years, which that's hard for me to you know see, see it happening. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he goes somewhere where hopefully in this process he can also learn a bit of a life lesson. Just when you thought you had it all, you may not, right? There's still work to be done. You talk about that all the time. No matter what we're doing, there's still work to be done. Or this as well. When you have a team like the Golden State Warriors who have structure, who have, who has that, um, uh, that chemistry already, if you can't be a part of that, then they're going to let you go. So now you have opportunity if you're Jordan Poole to try to start something in Washington 
that you've seen the Golden State Warriors had, but now you've learned from your mistakes. It's going to be interesting to see what's next for Jordan Poole and what's next for the, for the Warriors because they're just getting started on a wild offseason. It's a love Friday. It's a Marty party. It's Wemby mania all at once. Vince and Harry, the podcast. With the first pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, the San Antonio Spurs select Victor Wembanyama. Accomplishing something that I've been dreaming of, you know, my whole life. Hearing that, that sentence from Adam Silver, you know, uh, I've dreamed of it so much. He's a 7'5 Kevin Durant. That's what he plays like. He plays like KD. He's going to be one of the best shot blockers in the league. I mean, he's going to be unbelievable. It's Love Friday. I'm Fitz and Harry. ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Using Friday afternoon to set the mood for Friday night. One of the people that I love in this company. One of the just most kind, talented, funny, generous, and amazing souls that we have the opportunity to work with all the time here is our buddy Marty Smith. He joins us now, co-host of Marty and McGee. Marty, let's start with the most important part of this. I'll let, I'll let Harry dig into the haircut. The real question that I have is, did you already own the jorts or did you go buy the jorts? Like, is that, <laughs> is that straight out of the Marty closet? What are we doing here, buddy? First of all, happy Friday to you both. I love you guys. Uh, huge fan of what y'all do. It's fun to hear the perspective of a guy who lived on a tour bus and a guy who lived in the locker room and how you can impart your personal paths and journeys into whatever the storylines that we're covering are. I think it's really interesting and, and fun to listen to. So props, first of all. But, um, look, man, I, so we got to Texas, and uh, I, I had never heard of Bells before. There's a store called Bells, and it looks like a Target, but it ain't a Target. It's a Bells. And the Jorts were the last part of the ensemble that were yet unclaimed. And we walked into Bells. I got a, I got a weird-shaped body. I got super long legs and a little old torso. And, <laughs> but, man, these Jorts were like straight out of Marty Party Central Casting, and they only cost me fourteen ninety nine. It was a win, bro. I, got, I brought them home. I mean, I'm keeping them. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's dope, man. And Marty, I want to talk about the haircut, man, because it looked like you had Wimby uh, Amba in the back of your head and ESPN on the side. How long did it take to actually get that done? It was interesting, Harry. So this is a funny story. Quickly, I just got off the airplane in Philly, and the gentleman who was the attendant, like with the, she, he was waiting on one of the passengers with a wheelchair. And I get off, and I say, excuse me, and go by him. And he's like, oh, my God, you're the dude. Take off your hat. Let me see the hair. And so I, he took a selfie with my hair. Anyway, but <laughs> it's a thing down there. They, they have a barber there who is super, super acclaimed in town in San Antonio, Mr. Joe Barber. And for 15-plus years, he has carved the likenesses of various Spurs legends into fans' heads. He's done Tim Duncan and Kawhi and Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, even Pop. Somebody got Pop carved in their hair. And uh, over the last few weeks, we've seen a bunch of fans posting on social media 
that they had gotten Wimby art carved in their head. And so Patrick Abrahams, my brilliant field producer, uh, who I think you both might know, Patty calls me up and he's like, dude, I got a proposition for you. You don't have to do it, but I want you to think about it. And so he broaches it, and I'm like, let me just sleep on this one tonight. Because, y'all, I got to officiate my sister-in-law's wedding in nine days. Like, I got to stand up in front of hundreds of people with Victor Wimbanyama carved in the back of my head. Let me just sleep on this one. But I got to thinking about it. Like, I live my life full sin all the time. And I thought, when it comes to content, if we're trying to go to San Antonio and find, like, the spirit of the city and show off the, the beauty of the city and the passion for the team, I got to do this. And so I was like, I'm all in. And it wound up taking more than two hours, close to two and a half hours, Harry. We had a live shot lined up at 1140 Central Time on Sports Center, and we finished about 90 seconds before that live shot went on TV. Wow. That is insane. We're talking to Marty Smith, co-host of Marty and McGee. Obviously, Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. I I, want to ask you a cheesy question, but I want to preface it first because you are, as part of your job, you get to be around some of the most amazing atmospheres in the world, whether it's atmospheres in college football or in random sports or in music, right? You're always somewhere amazing. You were in San Antonio last night. So when I ask you what the vibe was like, it's not just, hey, what was the vibe like? Compared to all of these places you've been, how do you put that vibe into words? It's not even a little bit cheesy to ask that, Jay, because... I'm going to tell you something, man. I'd never been to San Antonio before, ever. I felt like I'd been everywhere, but as I was preparing for this assignment, I was like, man, I've never been to San Antonio. It was such a cool place, and I'd never seen the Alamo. I've wanted to see the Alamo my whole life. I got to sit in – I got. I sat on a horse named Pigpen in front of the Alamo. I mean, it was just the coolest experience. And As we went from one end of the city to the other yesterday, all day long, from dawn until 10 o'clock at night, we were trying to capture the energy in the city. It was like they won a championship, and that is the fans' words. I'm, I'm, I'm taking that word from them, that many fans told me that winning that lottery and having the opportunity to claim the, the rights to this generational prodigious talent uh the likes of which our most seasoned experts in the game tell all of us they've never seen before they were giddy they were euphoric and when commissioner silver said his name i was in the at&t uh arena uh center at&t center uh when uh, commissioner silver said with the first pick victor Wimanyama. That place came completely unhinged. I mean, it was such an interesting scenario. And I looked at the public address guy for the Spurs and their director of operations and their director of marketing. And I'm like, is this normal? And they said to me, when we win big games or have big moments, there's a tradition in the city where so many fans go downtown, park their cars, and just honk their horns. Y'all got to remember, I mean, this is the state of Texas. There are countless sporting teams across that massive state. But there's only one in San Antonio, and it's the Spurs. And they live the Spurs. And it was so fun to immerse with those folks uh, all day the last couple days. And I'll tell you what, man, it's, it's, 
it's hot down there. When I got there on Tuesday, <laughs> it was 111 degrees, man. I never felt nothing like that. But, Marty, I, I think it's an underrated city. I was telling Fitz and, and our producers that I got a chance to visit San Antonio for the first time when my brother played in the NBA Finals down there. And that's when um, San Antonio won the game when LeBron started catching those cramps in the arena. And it, oh, yeah. was, yep. it was powerful for me to see that. But I think it's one of the most underrated cities. And tell me if I'm, if I'm right in saying this, because I said it earlier. I think the Spurs being able to get Wimbenyama and the commissioner calling his name gave CPR to that city and also that organization. They are. I, I agree with that. And I base that, Harry, on just my experience there the last couple of days and the, 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 the euphoric energy of what they believe is the savior. This is a, this is a fan base that knows championships. They got five banners hanging in that place with the Admiral and, and with the big fundamental. And, but it's been 10 years. Their last one was in 2014. And it's been really rough the last couple. And so I know they're looking forward to bringing in this amazing talent. I can't wait to see. Like, what a blessing for him, too. What a blessing for that young man who has – I, I mean, I can't fathom. I'm 47 years old, y'all. I'm an old gray head now. And I can't imagine having the pressure that comes with everything that everybody's been saying about him constantly. Like, that's one thing to me that makes LeBron so amazing and wonderful is he not only, uh, he not only achieved everything he was supposed to as the chosen one, he's exceeded it. And he's done it without getting in trouble. He's done it with giving back to the community. He's done it with standing up for what he believes in. And that's damn hard to do while also operating at a GOAT level. MJ's the GOAT. Don't get me wrong here, but LeBron's <laughs> in the conversation, right? So That's right, Marty. That's right, that baby. Level for 20 years. And so I can't fathom having that on my, on my conscience and my shoulders constantly. He seems to welcome it. Wimbenyama does, but what a blessing for him to come into the league and play for a guy like Pop that can mold and teach and carries absolute optimum respect in every word and every movement and every decision. That, like, I think that has been under-analyzed in this whole conversation. And so I just think it's really cool for, for Victor, too, to, to come to a team with that established leadership. Marty, as always, my friend, I know you're slammed. We appreciate you doing great work, brother. Enjoy enjoy the wedding. I hope the hair grows out a little bit, but uh, we always appreciate you. Love you, man. Thanks for coming on with us. Appreciate it. I'm, hey, uh, Fitz, I'm going to ship you that Texas Forever belt buckle I wore last night, too. Leave it, fellas. I appreciate y'all. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Marty Smith, co-host of Marty and McGee, doing great work. I'll take that belt buckle. Look good. All right. Uh, this week started with the Chris Paul trade, ended with the Chris Paul trade. So is he closer to winning a title than he was seven days ago? We'll figure it out next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
this week on Fitz and Harry. We're joined now by 12-time All-Star guard Chris Paul. Harry, how are you, though, by the way, man? I'm doing good, bro. <laughs> good to talk to you, man. <laughs> you too, Fitz. You probably don't know. We didn't know each other since we was kids. Explain to people what that means, Q, because I'm a dice shooter. <laughs> so I don't even backdoor little Joe, baby. Little Joe is like, it's a four. When you backdoor little Joe, like when you shoot two fours in a row, you licking them. Like, you hitting them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> give me all your money. Just checking the hibbity-dibbity timelines. I also don't think determining when I was born, you could determine when I started doing the hibbity-dibbity well, either. No, but you could get a range. I mean, you could get a hopeful range. You could get, like, an optimistic range, a realistic range. Take the over. Take the, <laughs> take the over, baby. Evan's like, I, I don't know. What was the? What did the weekend play during the Super Bowl halftime show? What was oh, my okay. wedding song? No. <laughs> you know, Zion and Ja, they're, you know, they're too busy with Guns and Buns right now. They got to get their, they gotta get their act together. Guns and Buns what is going to be the new name of this show. I don't know what you're talking about. Guns and Buns is going to be like, screw Fitz and Harry. We're going Guns and Buns from now on. Uh, Which one are you, Fitz? Oh, yeah. Which I'm, one I, are you? We, I've been working out, man. I'm Guns all day long. Like, let's go. Like, let's just talking about biceps and pastries, by the way, right? That's what I'm talking about. Biceps and pastries, right? We all understand this, right? This is Fitz and Harry's Love Friday. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Man, if I knew about this song in high school, I wouldn't have had to wait so long. Man, this song here? (laughs) Man, man, man. Yes, Harry, go on. Tell us. No, man, my wife over there, man. She just walked by the room. I, I decided I'll stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, it's like whenever it's Love Friday, every time we come back from break, your wife just walks by, looks in the room. She's like, uh-huh, sharing a story? Anything you want to tell me about? She literally, just walked, she literally just walked by the room and looked at me. <laughs> I, uh, I, so I'm going to give away a little secret. If you guys are coming to Fenway Park tonight, I'm watching Kane Brown as we speak. He, just, uh, he was just doing sound check. But uh, I watched him walk the whole uh, field. So it looks like, I'm just telling you, if y'all are sitting in the seats back uh, behind home plate, looks like Kane's going to work his way back there for part of this uh, performance. So I'm just saying uh, the, the, the people will be quite pleased. It, it, this is looks like this is going to be a pretty wild show. Like looks like he's going to go up in the rafters. me in this moment feels like magic, don't it? I'm right where I want to be. I'll be uh, interviewing. Uh, I'll be tea. interviewing both Kane and Darius Rucker today. You can check that out on the SEC Network in July as they get ready for SEC Media Days. Uh, Harry, obviously, this week started and ended with one thing. It's like we bookended it. It was the week of Chris Paul, not just because he was on this show, but also because he was traded from Phoenix as the week started, and now he's been traded to Golden State as the week ends. And I think the biggest part about it that I keep thinking about, HD, is like sacrifice. I mean, he's going to have to sacrifice the type of player he is. He's going to have to sacrifice the way he plays the game. He's going to have to sacrifice, I think, even a certain degree of the level of star he is. But for that sacrifice, he'll get to play with some of the best of all time. He'll get to play right down the road from his family. He'll get to play in a way that may be even better for his personal life and may give him the best shot at a championship he's had. So in some ways, it's a sacrifice. But in other ways... It makes a ton of sense when you start to get to know Chris Paul that this would be a move he wants. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a huge sacrifice because when you look at how the Warriors want to play, getting up and down the floor, not allowing the defense to set up, that's uh, you know contrary to what Chris Paul wants to do. It's contrasting styles. But I think 
he's going to be able to put that aside and see, you know what, this is the vision that they have. This is the way Steve Kerr wants to play along with Steph Curry and company and be able to get it done. Also, that second unit, he's going to be able to anchor those guys and get them going, get them the basketball in their sweet spots. And I love the draft pick that the Warriors had last night, Brandon Prozinski. He's another shooter, about 6'6", about 205, can knock the three ball down very, very well, also can defend. So I'm looking forward to them adding that piece to the puzzle as well and Chris Paul anchoring that second unit trying to contend for an NBA championship. I mean, though, as, as we found out earlier in talking to Bobby Marks, I think it's fair to say that the the attempt at, at drafting and building for the next generation has been an abject disaster for Golden State. Like, they have not done a good job. They need to start hitting on some of these draft picks because they told you right now they're all in on Chris Paul. But in the meantime, I mean, it, it does look like the Warriors have told you their window is right now. They're going to continue to refresh that window right now every single year. And if it doesn't work, well, they're just screwed because they. I, I don't see a plan for the future for Golden State at all. Well, no, they're, they're focused on the now. And, and that's okay. And sure. they also told me they're focused on the now by their draft pick because you let go a guy in Jordan Poole, you traded him, who's about the same size as Prozinski, but he's also a guy that they just drafted that can knock down three. So you got rid of one guy, and then you'd replace him with another guy. Hopefully he can pan out and be what you, what you need him to be for your basketball team. Yeah, there's so many uh, layers to what the Warriors are going to try and expect. And I think you and I agree throughout the course of our conversation today. This isn't the Chris Paul of five years ago. But whatever version of Chris Paul this is, is the version of Chris Paul that I think can still help the Warriors take a step forward. Might not be the only step they need to make this offseason, but it's a step that makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, Kenny and Carlin coming up next. They'll keep breaking it down. In the meantime, have a great weekend. And thanks for listening to Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to three Eastern on ESPN radio, and you can watch on the ESPN app.